So, God wants to be so close to us. I'm going to come down to you. God bless you. Wow. What if I were to call on you? What if I were to come up to you and ask you a question? Or what if I were to just say hi to you? Can I say hi to you? Hi. Good to see you. How are you guys? How's everybody? How's this beautiful Christmas Eve? We're not watching the lions. They're getting destroyed right now. Who cares? You know, we don't care about that. We love Jesus. So what if I were to come to you? Just like Jesus, right? Some of us, when Jesus comes to us, we get a little scared. Like, what, what is he going to say? What is he going to do? We get scared. We get nervous. Some of us get really excited. Oh, I pick me. Pick me. I hope you pick me. I hope you come see me. When Jesus comes, we get so excited. And then some of us maybe don't care. Like we're indifferent. Like, who cares? You know, whatever. Well, regardless of how you feel when Jesus comes to you, when I come to you, but I'm not Jesus, but I, I seek to be like him, regardless of that, Jesus wants to come to you. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you so deeply, so much. God comes to you no matter what because he loves you. What is your response? Is there room for Jesus in your heart and in your life? The gospel says today that there was no room in the inn, and so Jesus doesn't care. He just wants to be born, and he's going to be born in a manger with animals and all of that. Jesus chooses the most humble place to meet you. He will come into any door as long as you just crack it open because he loves you. He wants you. And so welcome to Jesus' home, this beautiful church. Imagine Jesus at the throne of heaven, all the angels singing, glory, 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 glory to God in the highest, unceasing praise for Jesus. And Jesus, he gets off of that throne and he comes down and he's humble. He's a little baby because he wants you. He wants you. He will come to you wherever you are. It doesn't matter. He loves you. Praise Jesus Christ. He is so good. He doesn't come in a way that intimidates you. He doesn't come to scare you. He comes like a little baby to receive that baby. How beautiful. You know, Jesus needs you. I have a question. If you guys know me, I ask a lot of questions. Is anybody in the church hungry after this? Are you going to eat pacha and dolma? What's like your favorite? Can you just... He's raising his hand. Do you know what's your favorite? What are you most excited for? Green beans? Oh, man, that's awesome. His mom's doing a great job. Good job, mom. <laughs> a lot of us are going to eat, and we're, we're excited. It's going to be a beautiful time with family. And when you eat, you're satisfied. After your pacha, mambara, your dolma, extra sour, I like it like that. You're going to be full. But when you feed on Jesus, because today we're going we're gonna to feed on Jesus. We're going to receive his body. We're going to receive his blood. When you feed on Jesus, what ends up happening is you get more hungry. When you eat pacha and mambada, you're full. You're going like, to lay down on the couch and just lounge. But when you feed on Jesus, you're thirsting for more. So my question is, 
Are you hungry for Jesus? Because if you're hungry for Jesus, it's probably a sign that you're feeding on him. But if you're not hungry for Jesus, it's probably a sign that you're not coming to his table and you're not eating. I have two, we're going to go through John chapter 4 and John chapter 6. In John chapter 4, Jesus meets this woman at the well. This woman is actually a sign of the church, of us, us sinners who feel like we're not worthy. Jesus comes up to this woman and it's so beautiful, she does not feel worthy. She's like, how are you talking to me? But Jesus loves her. The apostles, they go into the city to get some food and they come back and they're like, why is Jesus talking to this woman? This is crazy. And they tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, eat. Here, we brought some food for you. And Jesus said to them, I have food to, w- uh, to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said, could someone have brought him something to eat? And say this with me. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. All right, so Jesus' food, he doesn't need this physical food because as he's doing the will of his Father, he's satisfied. Family, you eat, you get hungry again. You do the will of God, you're satisfied. You can keep going because you know deep down in your heart, you know this is what you're made for. You're not made to be constantly seeking and seeking that which does not satisfy. What satisfies the human heart is Jesus. Amen? John chapter 6. So Jesus, he gives us this beautiful reality of his body, the Eucharist, and the plan of Jesus. The plan of God is that we be alive, that we have life to the full. This life is the life of the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit is living in all of us baptized. We are all children and sons of God. Jesus said in John 6, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has, say this with me, eternal life. And I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I have life because of the Father. So also, listen to this. The one who feeds on me will have life because of me. Jesus wants you and me to feed on him. This is the plan of God. Now don't get me wrong, we're not cannibals. But we receive Jesus. And he wants us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. For a lot of us, we're like, this is cuckoo, this is crazy. But this is, this is I don't want to do an apologetics on this, but we are eating, feasting on Jesus. Body, blood, soul, divinity. 
in the form of what tastes like bread and looks like bread, but by the power of the Holy Spirit is no longer bread. This is eternal life, that God be inside of you. Now, we see Jesus, three times it's said that Jesus was placed in a manger. We often make mangers very cute. Like, how beautiful is this? Oh, Habibi, Jesus, how cute, you know. But the actual manger that Jesus was placed in was very dirty. It was not cute. It was surrounded by animals. It was surrounded by their feces. There was no room for Jesus in a nice place. So he had to be born in the lowest place. A manger is actually where animals eat from. And so Jesus is placed in this manger, and we have this animal who's going to go and is going to feed on Jesus. Why was Jesus placed in a manger? Because he wants from his first moment of his existence to say, feed on me. We're going for all of these other things that we think satisfy us, but no, no, no. I came to be one with you so that you can feed on me, and this is eternal life. That those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have life within them. This life is the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So what are we eating? What are we feasting on? What are we consuming? You know, America is all about consuming. You're no longer a person in this world, by the way. You're a number. You're a bank account. You went into these shopping malls, you think people see you, or do they see your checkbook? Sometimes we come into church and we say, do they really care about me, or do they care about how much money I'm going to give to the church? Hey, let's be honest. I think it's a temptation for all of us who are who are like living in this consumerism type of mentality that we make everything about what can you do for me? I want to take 10, 15 seconds right now. We're going to just take 10 seconds. I'm not going to speak. I want you to think about what you are consuming in your life. What is taking over that is distracting you from Jesus? So just go 10 seconds. You know, as, as we are seen in this way, like, if you're constantly being seen as a checkbook or what can you do for me, you start thinking that your identity is rooted in what you can offer somebody. And when, whenever you encounter your own weakness, then we, we, like, lose ourselves. But I want you to know today, family, you are loved unconditionally. You don't have to do anything for God to love you. You don't have to work so hard for God's love. He loves you. So what are we consuming? What are our children? Kids, can you raise your hands? Kids, what are you consuming? Is it social media? And the ideologies of this world? There's so much craziness. Where are we learning this from? From our phones, kids, you got to hear this. Ideas like love is love, 
when it's not rooted in any truth, because truth is now relative, your truth is yours and mine is mine, there's no actual truth, you do you type of mentality, which it goes into even gender fluidity. If, you want, if, you're, a, if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, go for it, it's okay. Where are our kids learning that from? From social media? From the ideas of this world? From relativistic thinking? Ideas like gay, gay marriage is God's plan? It's not. Even our Catholic president, Catholic president thinks that and says that. Ideas like to be a virgin is prudish, like you shouldn't be. How, why would you be? You know, I have a question to our young men, to our boys who are not men yet. Hey boys, why are you acting like thugs? Why are you unmotivated? Why are you lazy? Maybe it's because you never learned to work hard and you're dealing with your problems by smoking marijuana or getting drunk or always trying to fill yourself up and feed on this garbage. Boys, man up, right? Don't you want to grow up and be a man? Why are our young women dressing the way they dress? Because it's the fashion? Where do we learn it from? What are we feasting on? It's what they see people dressing like. So, of course, this is it. This is how we are. Our Chaldean culture and the beauty of Jesus in our Chaldean culture, we're not learning from our villages anymore. You know, why do people dance the way they dance in all these sexualized ways? What happened to the Chugga and the Bagia? How beautiful are those dances? Well, because we're learning from these TikTok trends that this is how you do it. But family, there's another choice. Feast on Jesus. Repent and believe in the gospel. There is, the old ways have not helped you. They have not led us to any peace. St. Paul says to the Ephesians, put off the old self of your former way of life and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Where do we feast? every Sunday at Mass. Where do we feast? I'm going to list out all of the groups in this church. High schools, any high schoolers, raise your hands. Doc, every Tuesday night from 6.45 to 9 p.m., feast on Jesus through that youth group. Any middle school boys, middle school boys, let's go. 316 middle school boys group, Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8.30. Middle school girls, raise your hands. CLF, Circle of Friends, Thursday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Any adults, 18 and up, can you raise your hand? We have an adult Bible study every other Wednesday after 7, 7 o'clock Mass on Wednesdays. Can I get our gabadas, our men? Men, can you raise your hands? Every other Wednesday outside of like Bible study, basically every Wednesday, men's Bible study where we come as brothers to challenge each other, to feast on Jesus and not the ways of this world. This is your invitation. I love you. Jesus loves you. I love you. And Jesus loves you. When you feast on Jesus, you choose the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You choose what comes out of Jesus. So, 
This is what St. Paul says to the Galatians. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, say this with me, are love, love. joy, joy. Peace, peace, patience, patience. Kindness, kindness, generosity, generosity. Faithfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness. and self-control. St. Paul continues and says, against these there is no other law. This beautiful law of love that Jesus gives us, this is the truth. The truth will set you free. You don't need pacha. I'm joking. You don't need, you don't need social media and the ways of this world. We don't need to be looked at as consumers. All we need is King Jesus. All we need is Jesus. All we need is Jesus. And Jesus' way will convince us that there's no other way. His love is unconditional. You don't have to work for it. So come to his table and feast on Jesus. Amen?